Welcome to the Keegan Smith Podcast. Choose what you give your life to or have it stolen from you. My mission is to rewire for power. We've all been gifted massive potential. This podcast is about unwrapping that gift. What if you could? Potentiating wellness, abundance, and movement. Today's podcast is proudly brought to you by Real Movement Level 1. Real Movement was started in 2014 to help coaches get better. Since that time, it's helped over 70 of its members open new training facilities and dozens of its members get started working in professional teams. Some of those coaches are now running programs in professional teams around the world. The program is designed not just around increasing your knowledge. You can go and sit on YouTube all day and hear information about just about anything out there. What this program is about is about you experiencing and taking on your best self. You get three days face-to-face and three months of online development. Get into it. Keegan Smith here for the Keegan Smith Experience. You've got to press, press that record button. You can stand here and look at it. You can stand here and think about it. You think about it all day. What's going to be coming up? What am I going to talk about? Am I going to nail this one? How is it going to go in terms of downloads? That little voice, that little doubter, hmm, he's always there. Is he there for you? What's he saying to you? What's he holding you back from? What's Maybe it's a she. I don't know. Maybe it's gender neutral. What little voice is getting in the way of you and what you really want to do? I press record, so we're in the game. Today's news, morning weigh-in, 84.3. I think that's a PB. I am putting on weight. Uh, I'm not quiet at my leanest, 100%, but... Uh, yeah, I want to uh, compete in weightlifting this year. The plan is to compete in weightlifting this year. I've mentioned it a couple of times there. Uh, I really should be like 86 or 87 kilos to actually be able to cut weight, um, maybe some fluid, and and uh, not give away too much of a competitive advantage to other people in the 85 kilo class, or even you know not even worrying about competing with other people, but just in terms of being um, the best I can be in that weight category. I did consider, you know, Martin Harlow, who's been giving me some advice on this, told me go to 77s uh, because I was sort of morning weight was 82 um, and I could get to 77 probably, uh, but uh, yeah, it's not where the future is. So I don't, you know, I could I could definitely compete there, but in terms of where I want to be and if I'm going to do this longer term, you know, 77 kilo class for someone at my height is just... Uh, yeah, it's super skinny and it's not really where I want to be. So going up, um, so that was, uh, yeah, some some news there. I've been eating, I've been measuring my calories. Uh, I've done it a couple of times before. Uh, Charles Poliquin says you're a moron if you measure your calories, but it's, um, yeah, something I've, I've done a few times. I only just started messing around with it last year, but it's, yeah, I like having a, a gauge on it. I like numbers, and so occasionally to check that out I think is uh, – a useful thing. Yesterday was like 4,000 calories. The day before was maybe three and a half. Um, let's see where we get to today. So far, all I've had is a bulletproof coffee and I'm doing ketosis. So bulletproof coffee does have its place. Um, if you're mixing a bulletproof coffee with your pancakes and your porridge and stuff like that, chances are it's more of a recipe to, to put on some extra fat. If you don't mind you just need to add weight no matter what then you know it could be part of the solution the most rapid weight gain i had was like when i decided i'm either going to weigh 80 kilos or 
I'm going to weigh 80 kilos. And I was like, it was when I first moved to England, I think it was about 77 kilos. And I'd you know, been weight training pretty consistently for maybe six years at that time. And I had put on some muscle mass, but I finished uni about 75, 76 kilos. And I was in England, I was weighing like 77. I was like, bugger this, I need to be... 80 kilos. And so I was um, riding my bike across town. I lived in Reading, uh, a small or a small city, decent-sized city, uh, just west of London. Uh, and I was riding my bike to this place where I was starting to work out of Veritas uh, Corporate Health, you know, their, their on-site gym for like this uh, Veritas, which is like a, a software security type company. So I was working there riding my bike across town and I would stop in at the supermarket and get uh, jam, jelly, donuts, and cream. And this is in the pre-Instagram time. It wasn't uh, something that, that got posted, thankfully enough, because I probably would have contributed to other people's uh, diabetes and obesity had I been sharing what I was eating at that time. Uh, but yeah, I, I did put on weight pretty quickly. In, in a couple of weeks of eating that, I was 80-something uh, kilos. And my brother said it was the first time I've ever had a, a like a fat belly, uh, first time I've ever looked a bit fat. So yeah, that was a, a nice uh, nice bit of feedback. But then I lived with him for a while and got into sort of precision nutrition way of thinking and eating. And I was you know still eating um, wheat at that time and more grains. Um, but I did have a decent period of training there when I lived with him. Uh, that was in, we're living in West London, uh, Isleworth sort of area, um, working with the, the London Broncos. And, and that was probably some of the best period of training that I had. I did the Dan John one lift per day program. I remember getting some really good results on that. And I maybe got my deadlift up to like 140, maybe 160. And I was uh, super proud of myself. But anyway, the topic for today is everyday training. And uh, that's quite an interesting segue because that Dan John program, I do believe it was seven days a week, uh, but it was just one one movement each day. And it worked, it actually got stronger. So a bunch of Dan John's programs and the stuff he's done with Pavel are really built around like decreasing um, total amount of fatigue or kind of increasing quality of strength exposure. And uh, yeah, there's some, some really effective stuff there. I've done the... Um, what is that program called? I call it Simply Stronger because that's the variation of it that I've done. Um, it'll come back to me. But basically doing the same program every day for 40 days um, and it works. Okay, so the topic for today is optimal training frequency. Now, optimal training frequency part one. Part two, I'm going to talk about the details of how to actually get this right. Part one is the philosophy, you should be training every day. Now, that's a, a, bold, a bold and blanket statement, but I think you know as we go through this, you'll understand that training every day is definitely the way forward. It's the solution and there is no alternative. Training every day is a must. Now, why do I say this? How can I say this when you know so many programs are built on you know, three days a week and four days a week and day on, day off and all these complex periodization systems, it doesn't work. There's no place for a day off if you're if you're driven towards something, even if you're not, even if you just have a rough idea of who you want to be and where you're going in life, there should be a physical practice that is involved in every single day of your life. Like, 
how how does it even become fathomable that it's okay to have a, a day off from your body? Your body is adapting 24-7 to the stimulus that it's given. It's adapting to the surface you sleep on. It's adapting to the shoes you wear. It's adapting to the, the style of chair that you sit in or stand. Today, I'm standing. I've actually been doing all these podcasts sitting so far. Today is the first time I'm standing. I'll, I'll put a photo up on my uh, Insta story, Keegan underscore Smith, of exactly what the view is uh, from my podcasting position today i'm looking out over a, a lot of green and trees and you know i'm really lucky to to be out in the country here but then still be able to speak uh, to people all over the world and we've had downloads in in japan we've had downloads um in morocco you know it's it's pretty cool to think that i'm standing here looking at the hills and there's going to be people in you know countries all over the world places i've never been who, uh, who have access to this. And I would love that for them to take on, I would love for you to take on the philosophy of every day is an opportunity to improve and every day that you're in a physical body, you have a responsibility to that physical body. Okay, so this is, uh, this is a fundamental philosophy and I challenge you to take on the next 30 days. Take on the next 30 days of training every day. Do your practice every day. Move every day. Whatever you want to call it, do it every day. Okay. Uh, once you've done it for 30 days, it, it will become more likely to be ingrained. Maybe it's going to take 67, the Ty Lopez 67 steps. Um, you know, some habit research says 67 days. It really depends on the habit. The easier the habit is, if I wanted to have the habit of eating, you know, a teaspoon of sugar every day, probably be a lot easier to pick up than the habit of running a marathon every day, right? Running a marathon every day is, is a huge challenge and physical stimulus, time demanding. Whereas sugar every day is like an instant reward, super easy. Um, you know, it's going to be hard to forget. So it matters, you know, what exactly we're talking about in terms of the daily stimulus. But fundamentally, the philosophy is every day is an opportunity to get better. Let's let's never step away from that. Okay, let's let's take some examples here. Something like a circus performer. Okay, so a circus performer, they get paid to do things that the rest of society look at and go, wow, how did they ever possibly get to that level? Okay. So from a, from a young age, the circus, you know, the circus has a lot of stigma around it, but I've, you know, been loosely connected to it you know, as I've started to take on juggling and hand balancing. And, um, Dana Ban is, is, you know, a good friend of mine who's, uh, trained a lot of circus acts. He was an acrobat. He toured the world himself as a hand balancer. Um, after being a competitive gymnast and a high-level gymnastics coach, uh, Dan O'Ban, Daring Humans is his uh, is his brand that you can check him out if you want to check him out. Uh, he does really cool stuff. His academic uh, creativity, sort of academic, um, but yeah, definitely putting it all into the practical as well. In that world of circus, you start when you're a kid and you choose to be really good at something physically and so that you can live from that. Now consider that for a minute compared to what you're doing at the moment. If you had to live from what you were doing, how would you treat it? You know, what would you look at it? In what way would you look at it? What way would it shift? Now, this is a question of values. You might go straight away, well, yeah, like if I was getting paid for it, if it was going to be a million dollars a year, I asked the question to, to athletes, well, if you were getting the, if you're on the contract that LeBron James is on, how would you treat yourself? And they're like, oh, well, yeah, I'd, you know, I'd eat better. I'd, I'd get to bed on time. I'd, I'd do these things. But 
the thing is you, you have to adopt the habits first. You have to adopt the patterns first. It's a question of values. Like why, why does getting paid mean that you will start to respect your body and you start to develop your body and you start to maximally enjoy your body and, and be an example for, for your kids and for your family? Like do you need to be getting paid to do that? Seriously? Like the reward is in the body that you get to live in. The reward is in the satisfaction of knowing that you worked hard. I, I, you know, I can't imagine the torture that it must be for the majority of society who don't get to enjoy living in a capable physical body. Hundred percent. I rolled out of bed this morning and it was like it, it was a it was a bit of a battle. Like I've I've been sledgehammered. Um, yesterday was a big session. I haven't missed many training days uh, for for quite a while. Uh, I don't remember the last time I didn't train. Um, so, you know, yeah, yesterday was big. I pushed it pretty hard. I maxed out um, short range of motion squats to 170, just above parallel for three. I power cleaned and jerked uh, to 110. And then I did uh, some dips and chins. I did uh, like a little cluster of three. I didn't push the dips as hard. I've had a little niggle with my... Uh, AC joint, so I haven't been going crazy on on the presses, especially dips and barbell bench press seem to irritate it a little bit. So I did uh, two sets of three at thirty, um, and a bunch of warm up sets, and did uh, chin ups at thirty for the set of three, and then I did banded back squats, uh, threes on the minute, triples on the minute, uh, with a with a tight band, red ones and. 100 kilos, then 105. Yeah, no, 105, and then back to 100 because I was struggling to lock them out. I did two sets on 105 um, with with a lot of band tension. It was, um, yeah, it was good. And then uh, I did heavy threes after that. Just took the bands off and went up in weight. I got up to 135 for three, 137 and a half for two. Uh, then I did GHD, three sets of 10 with some push-ups, some chin-ups, some um, L-sit hangs, and oh, belt belt squats. Okay, uh, just uh, 20 kilos uh, belt squats. So standing on uh, both feet elevated, squatting the depth. So nice little pump to the quads. Um, so you can see, like that was a that was a solid session. It took me about two hours, and it was it was tough. So today I woke up a little bit stiff. I, I did uh, I did my stretching last night before bed, and I did my movement sequence this morning. Feel good. I'm looking forward to going to the gym today. I'm gonna I've got my call with uh, the guys doing the level one at 11:15. I'm excited for that. That's in uh, 45 minutes, and then I'll go to the gym. And the reason why I'm weighing the most of weight is because I'm dealing with the most training volume that I've dealt with. You know that that goes pretty well together. There's a fair bit of research there. So, you know, I, I actually, you know, I like, and it's it may seem sadistic in some way, but with that sort of stoic philosophy that we've been talking about, you know, there needs to be a struggle. If there's, if you're avoiding struggle, then life is going to be very bad for you because there, there will be a struggle. There will be pain. There will be challenge. Um, you know, having your body feel a, a little beaten up, you know, that's... I just think it's the way you're meant to be. I think, you know, you're meant to feel like there's, you know, there's some challenge here for this system. This system is, is, yeah, being, it's being adapt, you know, it's adapting to a stress. It's, it's, it's moving forward and it's going to a place that it hasn't been. 
you know, work around injuries, work around niggles. It's it's a part of life. People saying, oh, I don't have time to train every day. Well, do you have time to go to the toilet every day? And and probably half of you are going to answer no to that because you know, most of the world is constipated right now and they go to the toilet every two or three days. Um, but you should be answering yes to that. Do you have time to brush your teeth every day? Do you have time to eat every day? Do you have time to sleep every day? Okay, it's a fundamental... The point is it's a fundamental human action. It's a fundamental part of life. The concept of today, I will not move unless you got hit by a bus yesterday. Um, even still, you know, you, you move what you can. Like if you're not in a box, uh, if you haven't turned to dust, then today is a good day to move. Today is a good day to get stronger. There's there's no other solution here. Okay, so everybody has time, right? If Are you busier than Elon Musk, than Donald Trump, than Tim Ferriss, than, you know, whoever, you know, you're not the busiest person in the world. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, you should be really proud of what you're doing. I hope you're doing amazing things. And I, and I, I would love for you to feel as though you're, you know, you're investing your time very well uh, into your family, into your business, you know, into whatever it is that, that really excites you part of that needs to be your body because if you don't develop that body, if you don't live in that body, then that body will, will kick you in the ass. And it's not even just the fact of longevity. Like if you can maintain strength and balance, then you will live longer. It's better predictor than, you know, cholesterol and any of that stuff. Cholesterol is a very poor marker for, for health. If you're worried about your doctors worried about your cholesterol, then go and do a bunch of research into what cholesterol actually means and, you know, read Big Fat Surprise and read, you know, there's a lot of books out there on cholesterol. Don't, don't get wrapped up in what your cholesterol numbers are, especially since your doctor is likely to die younger than you are um, statistically as well, probably. Um, cholesterol is not a good marker for longevity. Leg strength, even grip strength, which correlates to leg strength and, and function of the nervous system, that's a good marker. That's a better marker for aging than just about anything that you can find. Okay. So be strong, live long and, and don't even, not even just to live long. Like, oh yeah, we're going to live longer than, you know, we've lived in the past. There's going to be lots of people living to a hundred. I don't see many 50 year olds. I don't see many 40 year olds. I don't even see many 30 year olds who have high level of physical function. So fuck that. Like, you know, better to die at 30 and have lived until that age than, you know, to, to live in a, decrepit body like to live you know in a and and for those who who have to be in that position you know like there's people who've made those decisions and they're living in you know battle battling physical body and disabled um through lifestyle you know so be it you know live 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 the best you can from that position try and regain as much function as you can but to voluntarily go into that because you don't have time is is just simply you know ridiculous something that i cannot uh endorse or accept and i, I think it's a, a failing philosophy that needs to go the way of the dinosaurs we need to move on from the concept of you know physical development being an optional extra physical development you live in a physical body that physical body is your responsibility. Everybody has time. Just get down every morning and do one set of maximal push-ups. If you've got no time, do one set of maximal push-ups every morning. Soon enough, you, you'll be in a be better shape. You know, just that simple thing in itself is enough for majority of people to have a significant gain in strength and a shift in body composition and a shift in self-belief. Okay, so now we're moving to another point here. The point is have a trigger. Okay, we need a trigger for a behavior. Okay, so if we want to get to the gym each day, then the trigger is you must 
drink your workout drink, okay? If you're going to drink your workout drink no matter what, then it's going to be much less likely that you're going to skip the session for the day, okay? So just drink your workout drink, get to the position, that time of day, drink your workout drink, and then make a call, okay? If that is a drink with a stimulant, you know, I, I go back and forward with caffeine, like it can have its place. It depends on how, you know, who you are, how healthy you are, how well you process caffeine, how well you're sleeping. Like there's lots of factors there, but, you know, a little bit of caffeine for some people is fine, especially if you've got, you know, big performance goals and generally good health. Um, drink your workout drink. Another way that you could go about this is just to put your training clothes on. Okay. So get your clothes organized the day before, have them with you whenever, if you, you know, if you're going directly from work to train, um, or first thing in the morning, you know, have them laid out, put them on. All you have to do is put your clothes, put your workout clothes on, put your training clothes on and then make the call. Okay. Because once you've done this trigger behavior, it's going to be far less likely that we're going to bail on, on the day's, uh, the day's activities. Okay. So, all we need to do is just get started. You know, Eric Cressy, one of Eric Cressy's ones was just do your warm up sequence. You know, just do your mobility. If you do your mobility and you don't feel like training, then pack up, go home. You've still done something that day. Okay. So have that trigger is one of the keys to be able to, to get this habit of every day. All I want you to do is commit to 30 days. 30 days in a row, you will do something. Having a time that you do that is also a very uh, powerful, important, good strategy. Okay. So, Every morning, I do handstands, juggling, mobility work. Uh, usually, it's playing with the kids. Um, that is part of my uh, morning routine. I like to have already done something uh, useful in terms of work, in terms of you know stuff on the computer, um, contribution, make a contribution before that, and then spend some time with the family and, and do that sort of fun morning session. Sometimes it's fun, sometimes it's not fun. This, this isn't necessarily about having fun. And that's kind of the thing as well of like, oh, no, today I won't train because I'm too sore or because I'm not going to hit PB, so I won't train. Okay. And that's, you know, that's a, a, a philosophy that uh, Charles Poliquin talks about. Like, if you're not going to get better, if you can't go hard, then just go home, just, just skip that day. And I understand that from the perspective of elite athletes um, and, you know, people who have a definite competition day and, you know, they have a lot on the line. They have, you know, high levels of intrinsic motivation, extrinsic motivation. You know, they, they're going to make a lot of money off it if they, you know, if they do really well or they just, you know, they're just driven to, to break a world record and such. Then for those people potentially saying, no, today you don't train, uh, that that makes some sense. For everybody else, it doesn't because just giving yourself permission to have that one day off is going to turn into a, a less than bulletproof uh, attitude and strategy for life. And even for that athlete who's saying, no, like today, you're not going to hit those numbers that we need today. So um, let's not train. I think that only really fits in the context of if it's strength and conditioning, if it's supplementary work to another exercise, to another sport, um, if it's an American football player and you, you know you step away from that, but they're still going to play on the weekend, the caveat also would be I would still say train, like still train, just train what you can. Okay, so train, um, do your mobility work, do some steady state, 
you know, circulation work, practice breathing technique. There's always something you can work on. Like do, you know, just do some, some soccer ball against the wall drills, some hand coordination stuff. Just get, you know, get your mind on, get your body on and then call it a day. So there's, there's always something that you can do, right? So oh, I can't squat today. My knees are sore, so I'm not going to the gym. Well, no, that, that's, that's not a philosophy for, for a winning life. That's not a philosophy to live in a winning body. My knees are sore. Uh, I've, you know, I've torn my patella tendons off the bone. Okay, let's train forearms. Let's train neck. There's always something, okay? So that's that's the attitude that we need to have. And if we have that attitude in life, what can we do today? Like, oh, I can't, you know, I can't uh, create a podcast today because my, my computer's blown up and my phone's not working and I'm out in the middle of the desert. So there's no podcast today. Okay, but what can you do? Well, I can, I can write. I can, you know, I can put a message in the sand. I don't know. There's always something that you can do that is going to make a positive contribution, right? You can lay out... Uh, in your head, the content that you want to have for the next 10 episodes. Okay. So there's, there's always something that you can do. And that's definitely what we should be focusing on. Now, from a actual performance point of view, training every day makes a lot of sense. Uh, from a circus performers, obviously they're, they're doing such high skill things that there is skill decay. Even within, you know, 48 hours away from the skill, there's going to be decay. Circus performers, you know, I've been to, to circus events, they'll do their performance and then they'll go and train. So they'll put on this amazing performance, crowd goes wild, it's a half an hour, you can see them sweating up and you know, it's quite tough. Straight after that, they'll go train. Some of the best work ethic in terms of training um, and skill development is is what I've seen uh, in circus performers and, and people like ballet dancers. You know, I think that the, the work ethic of some of these, they're not even considered athletes, but they're performers I think their work ethic often goes way beyond what's there in a team environment because in a team environment, you have to cater for the attitude and morale of the group and it's much more difficult to have the attitude and the morale of the group deal with and and be inspired to the standard that a CrossFit athlete or a ballerina or a circus performer is. So, I mean, I'm challenging you if you're a team sport athlete, then, you know, what – what could it, what else could you be doing and and how else could you be developing your performance and why are you just you know submitting to the minimum standard of the group that you work in and and you know how how is that determining you know your future determining your contribution uh, to the team you know, there's probably a bit more stuff that you could be doing and you know seeing Sonny go home from our training camp um, you know when he did the training camp with us uh, at New Year's year before. Well, the start of last year, um, he went home and emptied his garage and put in a table tennis table, uh, an area where he could do his soccer skills, put in a gym set. So he saw that there's probably a bit more that he can do, at least sometimes, that he should be doing on his own. And that mentality is a big part of the mentality that's behind you know him doing what everybody said couldn't be done in boxing, in rugby, in rugby league, in sevens. You know, he's continually done what people said he couldn't do because he'll continually look for to do things that other people won't do. Okay, so um, having an event coming up is a big one as well. Okay, so if you have a performance, uh, if you have a weightlifting competition, if you have a powerlifting competition, if you have a bodybuilding competition, having a date, uh, and you know, CrossFit Open is a good example. You know, a lot of people will go to CrossFit for the next 12 months because they know that the Open comes up 
you know, will come up again next year and they know that it's basically going to be all the same stuff. So constantly varied, but constantly the same. Um, you know, they're going to, they got the year to practice to be able to do the muscle ups next year or to be able to, you know, clean, clean an extra five, 10 kilos. So having those event dates is, is very important. So put event dates on your calendar one way or another, you know, put, put event dates on your calendar. And by doing that, it'll influence your, your daily actions, your habits every single day. Um, so having a program is another one here. We want to have a program to follow. Okay. So at the moment, I actually have three programs that I like. I'm definitely doing one of them. I'm taking some advice from the other one. And the, and the third one is kind of a back burner of if I couldn't do the other two programs, then I would, I would do that one. Um, so that sounds crazy and it's, it's stupid, but for me, if I don't have a program, then I'll, I'll just, you know, I'll get in, I'll play around, I'll, you know, I'll work hard, but it's, it's, it's much harder to get progression, um, without a program. If I, for me, just sticking to one program and, and you know, you hear guys like, um, Dan John and Christian Thibodeau say they've never followed a program for more than two weeks. You know, it's, it's not unusual to not want to repeat the same thing over and over again you know Westside Barbell has the same mentality some programs will just really discourage me from being my best from training from consistently going back to the gym right I can have a thread of something which lasts for you know a couple of months but doing really the same thing and if there's no real targets within it and goals and it's not really clear what's going on Balls the hell out of me. I need to see numbers. It's di- different personality types go for different styles of programming. Some people can get in there and do the same thing each day, but most people are getting in there and doing the same thing each day, getting the same result that they didn't want over and over again. And you're much like life, you know, you keep doing what you've always been doing. You'll keep getting what you've always been getting. And you know, if that's not what you want, then something has to change. So um, I, yeah, I generally have a couple of programs that I'm sort of connected to. Um, and then I'll still make changes. You know, if you uh, listen to, I think it's um, Buddy Morris, uh, heard a quote from him the other day saying, uh, if you get in the gym and you follow everything that's on that piece of paper to the letter, you've already failed. That sounds crazy, right? From a strength coach, you know, it's all about getting the right piece of, you know, getting the right program together, putting it down on a piece of paper. I believe in adjusting, you know, I believe in making tweaks and changes. If I feel good, I'll take it to a heavy, you know, to a max out uh, lift. If I don't feel as good, I might, you know, drop back and do some extra volume uh, at a lighter weight or I might just get to the minimum for the day and, and call it there. I might not even make it to the minimum, right? So I don't give myself too much room, but if I need to, I'll definitely um, make a make a shift from what's there. So it's probably an exaggeration to say never do what's on the piece of paper. It's important to have a piece of paper and some accountability to that. Uh, but know that the further along you get and the better you, you're going, the the more you need to be able to to make adjustments um, to that. And especially if you're following a group template, you know it's it's a guide, it's an inspiration, it's a direction, but it's not all the answers that are written down there on the, on the piece of paper. And, you know, you need to look at where your, you know, where your sticking points are, where your weaknesses are, where your niggles are, where your injuries are, where your goals are, you know, the, you're going to need to tweak uh, a group template for it to be, you know, maximally serving you. There is a lot to be said for a group of people training hard together. 
But when there needs to be a change for an individual, then it's important to, to make that change. Okay. So go together with having a program is recording. Okay. You might feel like oh, I'm not, I'm not a high enough level athlete to carry a book around with me in the gym and actually record what I do. Record what you do. Okay. Write it down. Film bits of it if you can. If you've got a training partner, if there's an opportunity, you know, film some of what you do, put it on your Instagram, put it on your Facebook. Uh, it's, it doesn't have to be about like, I, I'm not breaking any world records. I, I'm yet to share a world record on my Insta story or Instagram, but that accountability for myself of, you know, continuous to progress, of working hard. I guarantee you I've lifted five or 10 more kilos a bunch of occasions because I knew I was going to film my top set, you know, so use that as a, as a motivator, use that as a connector, you know, make a contribution to your, to your friends that day, you know, just say, look, yeah, like this is, this is what I did today. It's just an honesty thing. It's not an ego thing. It's not like, you know, this, this is the best thing ever and I'm heaps better than you. It's just, this is what I did today. Um, people can take it as they want. If they take it as, oh, you, you know, you've got a massive ego because you've, you know, you've shown me what you did today. Well, I think that's more their issue than yours, you know, just, um, yeah, sharing, sharing what you do is, is a good thing. So writing, writing down your, what you've been doing, writing down your progress, you know, consistently recording what you're doing, uh, will improve the quality of what you do for the most part, especially, uh, if you're just sort of getting started with your training. So highly recommend that. Let's think about this. If you turned up late for a session at Westside Barbell with Louis Simmons, you were not allowed to join that session. Okay. So if the, the session started at 8.30 and you were there at 8.35, you, you didn't get to train. And this is the, the stories are that Louis, even to, to the most experienced lifters who are always on time, turn up late, you still wouldn't let him train. Uh, so that, you know, those standards are part of the reason why Westside Barbell did so well. You didn't have the option to miss a session. You did not have an option to miss a session. And it was a kind of a form of low-grade psychological warfare that constantly went on there at Westside Barbell. But, you know, you were expected to train and you had to train. Klokov talks about in his early days, it was like torture. It was like forced labor. I was just having to lift all of this weight over and over again. And I, and I didn't think I could do it. And my coach was making me do it. And it, you know, it felt like it was, you know, sort of like a concentration camp. Like it was actually just, you know, forced labor, like torture. But then he reframed that and said, well, this is what I get paid for. Other people pay to go to the gym. You know, they pay for a membership and then they go and do their thing there and that they get, no, no reward for it other than, you know, the intrinsic reward, which I'm telling, you know, which I think is massive. And I'm telling you is probably more worth chasing than, than money from your training. But he reframed it as like, this is what I get paid for. Like, frick, I'm, I'm lucky. Like, let's, let's go do this. Let's go enjoy this. And I think if you reframe of like, actually, I, I am in an able body, like what, what could it do? Like, what can I, where can I take this able body? You know, that's, that's a good place to live from. So, um, bottom line, train every day, train every day. If you want to be good at something, do it every day. If you don't want to be good at it, don't do it. If you want to be good at it, do it every day. Set your minimums, your minimums, minimum standards. That's, that's the quality of your life. Your minimum standards are your quality of life. Whatever you will accept from yourself, that's what you're going to see. If you can have the discipline to develop your physical body in some way every day, Soon enough, you'll find yourself living in a physical body that is capable of so much more than you thought was possible. Continue to refine the method, continue to refine the process, continue to refine your ability to focus and, and put intensity into the activity, but just do the activity as a minimum, 
get started. You know, just take some action, do it, do it every day. And from there, you will have a foundation for performance. I fell away from this, you know, and, and you know, I'm, I'm talking to myself. In all these podcasts, I'm talking to myself as much as I'm talking to you guys. Like I, I love the fact that I'm in a, in a rhythm with this at the moment and my health is good and my immune system's strong and my body's strong and, you know, I'm getting to the best place I've ever been in at 35 and, you know, I, I love that. I know what it feels like to be patchy with training, to be missing sessions, to feel, you know, run down and low energy and everything hurts and this is a much better place to live from. I, I guarantee it. Uh, I feel it a hundred percent. When I f- was one of the ways that I got myself going again, when I fell away from this was the hundreds. Okay. The hundred club it was a hundred chin ups, a hundred ups every day. The plan was to do it for a hundred days. After 50 days, I had conquered my demon. I'd built some momentum. I was feeling good. I was feeling strong and I continued that momentum into into more lifting, more lower body focus. Okay, so that by that fifty days of hundred reps of each of those every day was enough to to create momentum and to transfer. Now I'm you know you might think oh yeah I'm going to jump on that. A lot of guys in in our community in the real community said they were going to do it with me, and within a week, within two weeks, they're like nah tendonitis broken, can't do it. Um, you know, almost everybody dropped out straight away. One person actually made it to the 100. It was someone on the fringe of the community who was just sort of flying through their Insta story, uh, Instagram. But uh, yeah, like that's, the point wasn't really to finish. The point was to to create momentum um, that would that would carry me forward. And, and it definitely did. I built momentum off the back of that. 100, 100 might be too much for you. It might be too little. But, you know, if it was 2020, then get it done. 20 chin-ups, 20 push-ups. You know, everybody should have a chin-up bar at their home. You know, that sounds ridiculous to a lot of people, but you should have a set of rings. You should have a chin-up bar. You know, I have multiple. I have one in the house. I'll show you the one that we, we just put up in the house uh, with the rings. I have, you know, and then a full gym out the back, and then next to the trampoline, there's another chin-up bar, right? And that means I'm likely to get more chin-ups. It means my kids are likely to see me doing more and hanging and um, my wife, you know, can can do chin-ups because she's surrounded by chin-up bars, right? So uh, get started, choose a minimum, execute on that, and build from there. Eventually, follow a great technical program, get all the volumes right, be really smart, be structurally balanced, you know, do everything really intelligently. Initially, just build the habit of moving every day. No days off, every single day. Every single day. If it has to be wall push-ups at some stage and if it has to be, uh, you know, chin-ups with your feet on a box or if it has to be ring rows or whatever, just get it done and move forward, okay? Not every day is going to be your best day. I'm not saying you have to PB every day. I'm not saying every day will be your best day. But every day is an opportunity to move. Every day is an opportunity to give yourself a, a training stimulus. The Squat Everyday Program uh, I got too excited. I went too high intensity. I almost, I got to 155. I almost got to 160, you know, squatting every day and squatting quite heavy. I did that just after I'd pulled 240 dead from a six inch block and I, I was up to a 220 dead. So it was like when I was at my strongest in the deadlift, I transferred that into squat. Um, but I smashed up my knees. I wasn't giving it enough. Uh, I wasn't warming up enough. I wasn't having many low intensity days. So live and learn, you know, you, you may find, and, and that's a great part of it in itself. If, if training every day breaks you pretty quickly, 
then you learn something about your body, you learn something about your training, you learn something about the need for variety, the need for different positions, the need for you know appropriate intensity. That's what we're here for. Learn experience. It's not the end of the world. You know, there's there's constantly going to be a challenge in your body. You know, Ido Portal said at one of the workshops, "Put your hand up if you're not injured." And it, and it was kind of a joke, but it's kind of true. Like if you're training consistently, there's a niggle somewhere. If there's no niggle anywhere, you're probably not really training hard. Like that's that's the reality. Like there's always something that is kind of like, yeah, I'm keeping an eye on this, and that used to hurt, and uh, but it's but it's okay now. Um, that's that's the reality, but that's a better place to live from than everything hurts because I never do anything, and and the body is being degraded because of lack of physical activity. Okay, so I will do a part two on this. In part two, I will talk about training splits, about appropriate volume for each session, um, about you know how much yeah how much volume to add um, over the course of the week, and what role intensity and volume have in your progression. We'll talk more about the nuts and bolts of optimal training frequency, how to train every day with weights effectively, um, or you know what to do if you're not going to the gym every day so we'll get into some of the other stuff but the fundamental philosophy needs to be every day is an opportunity to get better we should never leave that opportunity behind thanks for jumping on uh i would like to give a shout out to some of the people who've given me a review there we've got coach keith brady friend of mine over there in wa awesome podcast loads of knowledge bombs Great review from Jordan Potts, who's also been through the mentorship. Blake, who's been through the mentorship. Love it, Keegs. Inspired. I've got a review there from uh, Guy Lawrence. Keegan is a serious wealth of knowledge and deeply cares. Do yourself a favor and add this podcast to your list and be prepared to be inspired to action on your own life. Guy, phenomenal podcast. Easy listen. Very in-depth and informative. Love it. It's from uh, Bandit with lots of twos and that's someone who I don't know. So much appreciated those reviews. I think I've got uh, 23 stars. Uh, I've got uh, 22 five stars and one three star. So give me something there. If it's a one star, that's okay. Give me a review on iTunes and uh, I will continue to do this every day and make a contribution to your life. Within 30 days, your life will be in a better position if you listen to and apply lessons from this podcast. I guarantee it. Talk to you soon, Keegan Smith. Keegan Smith experience. Let's keep getting better. Have a great day. Man, that guy can talk. But he does it because he loves it. If you loved it, share it. Give us some feedback. What was great? What didn't you like? What was your biggest take-home message? Make sure you stay in touch with us on Instagram and share your wins, people. This win is only going to come if we do it together. We have to take ourselves further. By taking ourselves further, we give permission for everybody around us to make positive changes in their lives and to become the people who they want to become. Everybody's changing the world. You are changing the world. Let's do this together. Let's see how far we can take it. Imagine, imagine if we all put our full heart into becoming the best versions of ourselves every single day.